Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Anybody ever seen the outlaw Josie Wells? Ty. It's because he has a flat hat on in that movie. We're going to have to get you a poncho or serape. Do you? Okay. Yeah, wear it next week. At the end of the Outlaw Josie Wells is uh, one of my favorite endings ever to a movie. And, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really that the hero rides away with the girl or the the outlaw gets dead or anything. It's just a conversation between Josie Wells and an in, a Comanche Indian chief named Tin Bears. Now, it's kind of a long conversation, so I didn't want y'all to just sit there and listen to me drone on and on and on, so I kind of condensed it a little bit, but you'll get, you'll get the hint. And, uh, you know, I, I don't just imagine me with a flat hat and a serape but I did stop and get me a cigar so that y'all think I'm Josie Wells. I can't do that. Josie Wells says, you tin bears? I am tin bears. I'm Josie Wells. I have heard you are the great rider. You would not make peace with the blue coats. You may go in peace. I reckon not. Got no place else to go. Then you will die. I came here to die with you or live with you. Dying ain't so hard for men like you and me. It's living that's hard. And your word of death, it's here in my pistols and there in your rifles. I'm here for either one. It's sad that the governments are chiefed by the double tongues. There is iron in your words of death for all Comanche to see. And so there is iron in your words of life. It is good that warriors such as we meet in the struggle of life or death. It shall be life. I reckon so. I reckon so. Josie Wells in that film, and I know it's a, it's a Western, but, you know, I think that you know, people are attracted to cowboy ministry because they love that way of life. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, deifying Josie Wells, you know, being an outlaw and killing people. I'm not. But just that essence of, of a real man, I think that Josie Wells embodies that. You know, Josie was ready to live or die. He wanted to live, but he was ready to live or die. Josie was non-judgmental with the Comanche that so many white people hated. You know, he, he couldn't get along with the blue coats. He'd rather live with the Comanches that everybody else hated. He was very non-judgmental. Josie was willing to share what he knew, either sharing the killing or sharing the living, either one. Josie had walked the walk. Ten bears knew by looking in Josie's eyes that he wasn't all talk. Josie was courageous. He fought for what he believed in, even unto death. And Josie never quit. 
It just wasn't in him. No matter the odds. That was one of the greatest endings of all time to me in a Western. Of choosing life. Of being ready. Of being non-judgmental. Of being willing to share and walk in the walk. I mean, just everything that embodies, you know, the traits of a real man. And, and listen, okay? Time out. I'm not just talking about men, okay? Ladies, this can apply to you too, okay? And if I can be jubilant about being part of the bod, the bride of Christ, y'all can be part of mankind, okay? Just for a second, okay? So I'm not just talking about the men. Well, there's another great, great, great ending that is one of my favorites that I think is often overlooked. And it's at the very, very end of Acts. Luke, the physician, wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote Acts of the Apostles, the, the, the book of the early church. It is one of the greatest endings I've ever read, and we have a real blueprint of what a devoted follower of God looks like. Now, I'm going to read it in the Simplified Cowboy Version, okay? Now, the Simplified Cowboy Version is a Bible paraphrase intended to maybe make it a little bit easier to understand. It is not the Bible. I hope you have your Bibles and you can read it. And, you know, there's some things thrown in that is inferred from the, from the text, and here it is in the Simplified Cowboy Version. For two years, Paul taught out of his little rented shack he welcomed any who came and never turned anyone away. He taught about God's outfit and showed people how to ride for Jesus. He did so boldly as a real man should and wouldn't let anyone stop him. To me, that's just like the ending of, of the outlaw Josie Wells. You know, the, the guy doesn't ride off into the sunset and it just kind of culminates in the embodiment of what a life really lived and the traits that those people have. For two years, Paul taught out of his little written shake. Now, Paul is in Rome, okay? Paul, later on, is going to get his head chopped off, okay? For two years, Paul taught out of his little rented shack. He welcomed any who came and never turned anyone away. He taught about God's outfit and showed people how to ride for Jesus. He did so boldly, as any man should, and wouldn't let anyone stop him. I've titled today's clinic, As Any Man Should. As Any Man Should. Six traits that we, as Christians, should have, regardless of gender, in order to be a devoted follower of Christ, found in Acts chapter 28, verses 30 and 31. The first thing that this passage talks about is being ready. Being ready. Paul welcomed everyone that wanted to hear what he had to say. He didn't have the luxury of going out like he used to. He was kind of like on house arrest, okay? But he used what he had. If he couldn't go to them, the Holy Spirit led people to him. If you want to be a, a devoted follower of Christ, a real man should be ready. Should be ready. Start now. Don't wait till later. Start now. You can't be ready and say, I'm going to put off doing what, what I'm supposed to do until later. 
Start doing what God already told you to do. And, and that, that is one of my favorite answers. And I know people just want to throat punch me sometimes when they say, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Well, how about doing what he already told you to do that you're not doing? Because I'm willing to bet that every single one of us in here, every single one of y'all watching online and every single person listening on the radio, that God has talked to you about doing something and you dang well know it and you're not doing it. So if you want to know what God wants you to do, let's start by doing what he already told us to do. Because one thing that I can nearly guarantee is that God's not going to ask more of you until you do what he's already told you to do. We've got to be ready if we want to be a devout follower of Christ, we need to be ready. Now, we can go through the, the obvious stuff, read the Bible, pray, you know, come to church consistently, uh, you know, hang out with other believers, tell unbelievers, you know, maybe your testimony. We can do all of that stuff, but, but let's just get away from that for a second and, and get to the personal side of it is that God has told all of us to do something and we haven't been doing it. Because maybe it's too hard. Maybe we know what it'll cost. I don't care. If it costs you everything. You know, what me and Ty and Mitch have understood in this ministry is that when you really, when you give everything to God, it'll cost you everything. But we have to stay the course. We have to stay the course. If you want to be a devout follower of Christ, as any man should, we need to be ready. The second thing, the second trait that we need to have is we cannot, we have to be non-judgmental. We cannot be judgmental. Paul never turned anyone away. He didn't care if you were a Roman, a Jew, a Gentile, a Corinthian, a Greek, he did not care. He welcomed any who came. He welcomed any who came. Paul never turned anyone away. It didn't matter if they were a believer or even a prostitute. He never turned anyone away. Sometimes people don't look or act the way we think they should. But none of that matters. What matters is that they hear the good news. What matters is that they see the good news being lived through your life. A real man should be non-judgmental. We need to look at people through the eyes of God, not through the eyes of politics or the eyes of religion or the eyes of, of wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Man, we need to understand that every single person in this room, every single person listening to the sound of my voice, whether, whether a, a professed believer in Christ or not, we are all children of God, and God loves all of us, even the unbelievers. He loves them so much, and He wants them to come to Him and spend eternity with Him, and He has entrusted us with getting them that message. And how are we going to give them that message? By being judgmental Christians. It's not, you can't do it. And we got to love on people. I'm not saying that we have to agree with everything they do, you know, I mean, any who claim that they're without sin have deceived themselves and the love of God is not in them. First John. A real man should be non-judgmental. 
It doesn't matter what you do. You know, and, and that's, I'm trying to get away from this. But I was at a wedding, Shay and Jessica's wedding on Thursday. Congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Hall. Um, and I, I met a young lady there that was standing with some other people. And I asked her, I said, well, what do you do? And she goes, you mean, where do I work? And I was like, no, what are you passionate about? Because isn't that one of the things that we ask all the time to somebody we don't know? What do you do for a living? Who cares what somebody does for a living? Don't you want to know them? Because for most people, if, if you're a janitor in a school, that doesn't define who they are. Maybe they love to serve and love to create a healthy environment, but we immediately judge people, whether good or bad, based upon what somebody does. Who cares what they do? And you meet somebody, try asking them, man, what lights your fire? Man, what are you passionate about? That's a better question to get to know somebody rather than, what do you do for a living? Doesn't matter how much you have. Doesn't matter what a person drives or what you ride. You know, a six-foot hole in the ground is a six-foot hole in the ground where we'll all go. Six-foot hole in the ground is a six-foot hole in the ground. And we should be non-judgmental because we're, we're all going in that hole. Now, what happens after the hole is a different story. But man, if, we're, if God has entrusted us with this message, we have to be non-judgmental. And there's, let's face it, man, we are a small segment the Western culture is a small segment of this society. Most people don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They don't share our same values. I don't care. Love on them anyway. Love on them anyway. You want to be a devout follower of Christ, as any man should. We've got to be ready. We've got to do what God has already asked us to do. We've got to be non-judgmental. We got to share what we know. We got to share what we know. You know, Paul, Paul shared everything he knew with anybody that would listen. <laughs> and probably a few that didn't want to listen, but that's beside the point. A real man should share what he knows. Now, I do not mean go around telling everybody how to do everything. Okay? <laughs> There's a big difference. But you know, one of the reasons that we have cowboy crew on Thursday night, is it, is it so that everybody will see how good we rope? No. Yeah, we don't rope very good, but most of those people don't really know that. But the little amount of talent that, that we have, we want to pass that along to somebody. We want to love on people, non-judgmental, come out there in the English saddle, Western saddle, it don't matter. Just come out there and ride. We got to be ready to share what we know. You know, you can't leave, you know, I think that everybody wants to leave a legacy. You can't leave a legacy without sharing what you know. And what better way to share something that you know than, than to know fully in your heart who Jesus Christ is and be willing to share that with somebody else. You know, 
We should be willing to do whatever it takes and be ready to help anyone out. And you know, let God do the sorting. Let God do the sorting. You, you, you just feed, water, check fence, do all that. Your job isn't sorting. Your job is caring. And it don't matter how sick they are, you care for them. Share what you know. Do what you know you can do. If you want to be a devout follower of Christ as any man should, you've got to be ready, non-judgmental, share what you know, leave a legacy. You've got to walk the walk. You've got to walk the walk. Paul showed people how to ride for God. He didn't just throw out like cliches and, and fancy sayings. He taught people and they listened. You know, he included the, the, uh, the good, the grim, and the great. He gave everybody the, the whole thing. Okay? But you've got you to gotta learn to walk the walk. You know, one of the things that just, it's one of my pet peeves, and I seem to have a lot of them. The older I get, I'm starting to act like Robert. I mean, golly, hang around him too much. But one of my pet peeves is like when somebody's going through a hard time and they're like, well, just give it to God. Well, just, just pray about it. Does that, I mean, does that ever make anybody truly feel better? Honestly? I mean, I've never had somebody going through the worst times of my life that somebody said, well, you need to pray about it. Pray about not throat punching you. Do you think that I haven't been praying about this? And give it to God. You know, the, here's the reason I hate that, okay? Here's the reason I hate that. Because what if they've tried to give it to God? What if they have been praying for it? What it subtly tells that person is that if you're praying about it and you're giving it to God, neither one of those two things are working, then God must not love you like he loves me. That's why I hate those things. Man, if somebody's having a hard time, why don't you just give them a hug? Tell them I'm sorry. Invite them over for dinner. Go see a movie. Go bowling. Go get them bucked off a horse so they think about something else. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do besides throwing out Christian cliches. Man, walk the walk. Don't just, those Christian cliches, man, that's just, that's talking the talk. It's not walking the walk because those cliches don't cost you anything. We got to be able to walk the walk. Invite somebody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Me and Ty have had complete strangers living in our houses because we were walking the walk. And we're never going to ask you to do something that, that we wouldn't do ourselves. Well, you know what, cowboys? We've done it. And we will still be doing it. And that's, that's the thing about walking the walk. You know, it doesn't mean that, well, I've been there and done that. No, that don't fly. That don't fly. You know what does fly? I'm doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. You see the difference? I've been there and done that. No. That's not walking the walk. Walking the walk is, I'm doing it, and I'm still going to keep doing it. That's walking the walk. 
It doesn't mean, you know, when you walk the walk, that doesn't mean that you're per- perfect. It means that we're purposeful. Walking the walk means never settling for where you're at. That you've got a deep desire to grow and continue on. If you want to be a devout follower of Christ, if you want your ending to be great, the last chapter of your life, and we don't know when that's going to be for any of us. Man, we've got to be ready. We've got to be non-judgmental. We've got to share what we know, leave a legacy. We've got to walk the walk. And to do all of that, we're going to have to have courage. That passage said that Paul did so boldly. He had courage. You know, like I said earlier, later on his head's going to be chopped off. But that was never going to be the end for him. It was the beginning of a life with God. Don't we all think that, that the end of our life, when we die, it's not, as Christians, that, that's the good news. Is that it's not the end, it's the beginning of the life that we were supposed to have that was corrupted by sin. It takes courage. And that kind of courage only comes from following God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. A real man should never give in to fear. And there's three things that you must have to be truly courageous. You know, everybody knows John Wayne's quote, right? Courage is being scared to death, but what? Saddling up anyway, right? Does courage mean that you're not going to be afraid? No, that's not what courage means. Did you know that courage cannot exist in the absence of fear? I don't know of anyone... None of y'all are being courageous by sitting in that chair because you're not afraid of sitting in that chair, okay? You cannot have courage without being afraid. Courage is the overcoming of fear, not the absence of it. We must be bold. Man, I know how many times I have, and I'm sure there's been a lot of times that y'all have too. You kind of knew what God was asking you to do and you chickened out. You chickened out. You knew you should have helped somebody, but you just didn't. Or you knew you were supposed to talk to somebody and you just didn't. Probably a thousand things that I've chickened out on. But it used to be 10,000. I'm I'm working on it. And I hope you will too. Because that leads us to the last thing. We should never, never quit. Paul never let anyone stop him. Paul never let anyone stop him. A real man should never quit. A real man should never quit. A real man should know when to rest. Then he won't quit. Listen, cowboys and cowgirls, some of y'all, y'all got to learn to rest. Because you're not working hard, you're burning yourself out. You're going to quit. You got to learn to rest. A real man should know how to ask for help. One day I'll be a real man. A real man should know what is most important in life and never quit on it. Then he won't feel like he's running in circles. If I could summarize these six traits being ready, non judgmental, leaving a legacy by sharing what you know, walking the walk, having courage, 
never quitting. If I could summarize all six of these traits, I would say that Paul and any real man, you know what you have to have to do all of those things? You have to be willing to make yourself vulnerable. You have to make yourself vulnerable. You can't be ready without making yourself vulnerable. You cannot be non-judgmental without opening yourself up to criticism. You cannot share what you know without being vulnerable because somebody might throw it right back in your face or not even do what you, you know, you had good intentions. You got to make yourself vulnerable to walk the walk because you will open yourself to criticism then. You got to make yourself vulnerable to have courage because it might not work out like you think it will. You got to be vulnerable to never quit because never quitting and failing are two different things. But the foundation that we build upon is made up of so many failures that God uses to make a firm foundation in our life when we keep going. You know, when you make yourself vulnerable to criticism, pain, and even death, you know, that, that makes you vulnerable to man. But you know what it also makes you? Powerful to God. Which one would you rather have? Weak, never take a chance, or become vulnerable. Step out into the unknown. Figure out the kind of life that is only available by making yourself vulnerable to the Holy Spirit and to walking with God. I pray that you do that today.